welcome to the Cup of Tea podcast. I'm Mike Ewan. And I'm Catherine Lilly. And we both work in the Teaching Excellence Academy at the University of Hull, where our roles are to develop, celebrate and promote HE level teaching. This podcast is designed to explore and share some of the fantastic teaching practices here at the university by showcasing work of some of our colleagues, what they do, how and why they do it, and what the impact has been. In this week's episode, we're joined by Rowan Oliver, Head of Music in the School of Arts, to talk about offering authentic experiences and assessment within a professional arts setting. So without further ado, pour yourself a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Well, thank you, Rowan, for coming today to talk to us about your work. Um, First of all, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Rowan Oliver um, and I'm the Director of the Music Department um, it depends how long an introduction we want, really. Uh, <laughs> I'm a drummer, or mm-hmm. at least I was professionally a drummer before coming into academia. Mm-hmm. But um, it was actually more playing lots of different instruments quite well, rather than any one instrument very well. That right. kind of was what my career was mm-hmm. based around. Brilliant. And you've come to talk to us today about assessment, I believe. So you've been through transforming programmes, is that right? Yes, yes. So a, a few years ago now, we overhauled all the music degrees through the transforming programmes process, really with a view to trying to bring a more specific career focus to them for Mm. students. There was a sort of sense that that was what applicants were interested in. And I think for us, several of the music lecturers are still active practitioners in the music industry in various Mm. different capacities. So we're in a position, hopefully, to bridge that divide somewhat We're also all aware, I think, from our contact and our time in the industry that there's perhaps a bit of suspicion of music degrees, music production degrees within the industry. Mm. Often there's still that slightly old school perception. It's still full of people who have come through more traditional routes of starting in, you know, the T-boy in a studio or whatever it might be and then working their way up. So the thought that you can go and study something for three years and then emerge fully formed, ready to do this job is there's some suspicion around that. And I think historically, maybe rightly so because I'm not sure that degrees 10 years ago, maybe more, were necessarily preparing people in in quite the ways that that they might need to Mm. for the industry. So we're trying to sort of balance that out a little bit and give our students better preparation for the kinds of things they might encounter Mm -hmm. um, in their working lives. And a, a key way to do that has been to redesign the assessments. The traditional model of, you know, studying a module for a trimester and then producing one big piece of work at the end that's a luxurious time scale in, mm-hmm. in, in, in almost any industry I think but particularly <laughs> in the, the creative industries the yeah. kind of timelines mm-hmm. involved tend to be much more short short term and pressurized and so I think we were keen to put some of that pressure on students actually and show them that okay. they're going to need to be able to respond to much shorter time scales and employ the skills that we're we're training them with and think creatively in the ways that they already do but perhaps in ways that are more immediately productive you know and maybe it doesn't mean they're waiting to do their their very best most personal expression of their artistic selves Mm. hopefully they'll get a chance to do that too Mm. but actually they might also need to be able to create a jingle for a podcast for example um, in a short space of time uh, that just does the job and it's it's still good but it it satisfies everybody everybody's requirements really Mm -hmm. Um, do you think your students come to the degree thinking about the end piece rather than that development of a a piece in that kind of agile way working I think so I mean I guess it's 
a historical thing throughout education, not just degrees, isn't yeah. it? If you study your GCSEs for two years, and there may be some project work along the way, you might do A levels, you might do a BTEC, and there are going to be sort of short term deadlines within that. But actually, there's still this sense of building up to a grand finale, isn't there? Yeah. I think, um, and, and degrees historically have have followed a similar pattern, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I mean. I've been working on my solo album for 10 years now, so there's, there, you can, clearly can still have these elongated timescales. It's a kind of a, turning into a midlife crisis, really. But, um, we'll put the link in the... Exactly, uh, in yeah, the, available we'll, from we'll all good... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be finished yet, don't worry. Um, yeah, so it's just a question of speeding things up. And uh, it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, with music here, we're part of the School of the Arts, so we've got, we're working alongside students and colleagues in, in drama and in screen who all have to also be thinking about those kind of creative industries, timescales, and also they have to be thinking about collaborating with other people who are creative but maybe have different disciplinary expertise. Right. So what we tell our music students really right from the start is that you may be here to study songwriting or the popular music degree or the community and education degree or just the straight BA music or BA music production, but there's no point in spending all your time here in a, a little box with other people with that same interest you need to be thinking about how if you're a producer how do you deal with that classical mm -hmm. cellist you know how do that and how does the cellist who perhaps hasn't spent much time in front of a microphone mm. how do they get used to right. performing in that kind of context how do they then even speak the same language so that if they're working towards achieving some kind of output some kind of goal um how do they find ways to work together how do they talk to a student in the screen department who's maybe made a short film who might have very specific ideas about what they want from the music but might not express that in the same yeah. language, mm. the same terminology as, as the music students used to. So yeah, yeah. those are the kind of collaborative interactions that they're going to encounter in their careers. So if we can start making them experience that now, making them experience sounds very... Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Giving them the opportunity to experience yeah. that at this stage, then hopefully um it prepares them for the kinds of things they're going to do and really this is born for me out of having done a music degree in the mid 90s which mm. at the time was relatively forward thinking but even then forward thinking meant you might be able to do one module in on jazz instead of classical music in, in a given right, year okay. you know so when i then went into the music industry it felt as though a lot of my learning actually happened then yeah. sort of mm. on the job yeah. i had that core set of skills that i could employ but how they would be used and some of the other more basic pitfalls maybe that I could have perhaps sidestepped if I'd had a bit more preparation. Mm. I had to find out the hard way that's making yeah. it sound like I had a terrible, tragic career. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, trying absolutely. to help. So you're developing like almost like the application mm. yeah. side of things as well as the technical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So how does the kind of, how do you structure the assessments then? Are they working towards building up a portfolio? Are there small assessments? How How does it all kind of work in terms of credits and things like that? The structure varies. Because we've created these quite flexible modules and flexible approaches to assessment, the idea is that depending on a given student's intended kind of career paths and their current interests, we can take what they're already doing, mm -hmm. help them figure out which bits, which aspects of what they do could be developed further, where are their strengths, what could do with beefing up a bit. Um, I guess the point, the main point is we're trying to encourage them to think about submitting a piece of work which not only will function as an assessment for their degrees, but which would then stand usefully as something they can demonstrate to the real world um, as, a, as a sort of showreel or a portfolio, exactly. Mm. And how exactly what form that will take 
clearly varies depending on what they want to go on and do. So if someone is intending to be a session musician, then we might be trying to help them develop a range of different recordings they've played on that show, show their versatility mm -hmm. and their sort of stylistic flexibility. If someone is wanting to go into being a composer for film and TV or game, for example, then again, they might want something which shows their individual character as a composer, but also their ability to satisfy the brief or the, the style of a particular game or film that they might be composing for. If someone's a songwriter, it's, songwriting is an interesting one because obviously it's something that's very personal mm. to people. And they, whilst there is that commercial songwriting world where you are just responding to a brief, I guess the kind of careers that most songwriters aspire to are ones where they're bearing their souls a little bit. Yeah. And kind of is, is, so how you draw that out and kind of nurture it, really. I think it's a nurturing kind of situation in, in that case. Um, help them to find out what's good about what they're already doing. Mm. Often it's just about um, showing them things to listen to and immerse themselves in that they perhaps weren't aware of. Yeah. Watching the listening habits of students change over time has been really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've been lecturing at the university for 15, 16 years now, and in that time, obviously, the things have moved from sort of CD to MP3 to, to Spotify. So the fact, I mean, we were, I know we were having a conversation just before this about whether people listen to a whole album or whether they go straight in for the, the big hit, yeah. and then yeah. if it's on Spotify... Are they even choosing what's come, what comes yeah, next, yeah. or is the algorithm yeah. sort of saying, "Well, if you like this, you might like this"? Yeah, and yeah. Mm. So we're ending up now with students that arguably have a broader range of tastes um, and are into a wider sort of, sort of cross section of music, but maybe have not had the opportunity to dive so deeply into any one thing. There's less of that tribalism. Yeah. You still get the occasional metaler who very <laughs> clearly knows what you know what they're into and. Uh, loving living in that world but more often than not when I kind of survey the first years when they arrive and say what kind of stuff are you into and I get them to fill in this little questionnaire I've seen it shift to a much broader range in each person's responses okay. now mm. so what that means is they've got that cross-section but they maybe haven't got the depth in any one or two or three mm. areas or artists or styles so it's I think one of our responsibilities is to help broaden that range of listening and, and maybe just focus it in a little bit. And it, this ties in with things like decolonising the curriculum as well and just pointing out that the massive breadth of music from around the world that, that would be really useful to them to mm -hmm. kind of yeah, to influence uh, absorb themselves. And yeah, yeah. Production. And often there are influences there that they haven't, that have had an impact on the artist that the students like, but which the students themselves haven't ah, okay. realised that sort of yeah. chain of, of influence mm. really, so... It's kind of fun. Equally, I make it sound like I've got all the answers, but I learn stuff still from them yeah, about, yeah, you know, and, and yeah. they they help me <laughs> not just listen to music from 1970 and before and, and sort of <laughs> specifically Jamaican music, but, um, you know, they help me stay a bit more current, perhaps. Yeah. It all helps with the midlife crisis. <laughs> Yeah, and, I and think I might have gone away from the original do, question. No, no, do you think their, their access to, I suppose, artists talking about their music helps with that? Because I'm guessing that is much more prevalent now as well. And yeah. So you, get, you, can, you can bring in those industry voices, so to speak, even yeah. if it's just someone talking on a podcast. Or Absolutely, podcasts and, I mean, the whole social media world as a way for people to promote their music. Um, that's going to be vital to our students' careers, almost whichever aspect of the creative industries they go into. Um, 
and it's a world they have largely grown up with and are kind of swimming in whether they're aware of it or not I think um so access to artists but also artists kind of curating their social media presences quite carefully do you know do you just reveal your entire self or is is there actually someone kind of mediating that so as well as getting our students to submit this kind of these kind of creative works or production or compositions or whatever it might be we're then asking them to think about well how are you going to present this to the world it's not just something okay. you hand into so typically for the third years when they're doing their big 40 credit major project which is I guess we see it as their kind of defining statement about what their time has been at university and often their stepping stone into their careers then rather than just handing it in we want them to think about are you perhaps going to create a website where you'll host this or are you going to look at actually uploading it to Spotify and other other platforms and we encourage them to think about that often they've got very good ideas about that because again with that being the world that they navigate quite naturally anyway mm-hmm. um, it's not a great leap but it just sometimes requires just pointing out that thinking about that might be a good idea we've got um, a couple of performers coming in as part of enhancement week this trimester who are going to do a performance but then the pianist of this duo has actually carved out a really successful career for himself releasing his own music on Spotify without involving record labels or anything like that. So, okay. which is always the myth that it's possible, but no one's <laughs> quite sure how you take that next step. So it's going to be really interesting to hear from him yeah. about how he's mm. done that. And um, I mean, I'm going to be listening myself. I think it sounds, <laughs> sounds like a useful thing. But yeah, for the students, it's going to be vital. That that sense of, yeah, now I've done this, how am I going to yeah. get it out there? And then maybe even make some money from it. Yeah. So they responded quite well then to this new set of assessments and the new way of doing things. I guess you've not... Have you had a full cohort go through the new Transformers Um, programmes yet? We This year will be the the final year of of the first cohort with a whole lot. But even the ones who've been through two years of it, because we did a sort of complete switch, they didn't Mm. work through there previously. We just decided we got consent from all the students to move over to the new model. and that, yeah, the response has been really good. I mean, in, in obvious measures like NSS, we've seen that, but but informally as well and in the kind of feedback we get from students directly. Mm. Um, they can see it, it's more clearly relevant, basically, mm. to them. Yeah. And in a, in, a, in a world where increasingly, I think, from parents um, and other kind of figures in that role, um, there's a sense of your time at university needing to be worth the money, isn't there? Yeah. Um, so I think this is one way makes it sound slightly cynical when I say this, but this is one way that we can demonstrate that that worth really yeah, when there is that mm. more obvious real world outcome, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It sounds like they they will actually leave with some especially that final piece, but maybe the others as you say, either build a portfolio or show real or yeah. you know, there's a real endpoint to something they're leaving with. And, and I mean for some students, I mean music degrees prepare people for a wide range of possible careers that aren't necessarily directly music related. There right. are there are lots of transferable skills that music graduates are, are very employable. This is starting to sound like a sales pitch. <laughs> but they are. And so it's one of the things that I think is perhaps important for people's time at university is to help figure out, well, maybe I don't want to go directly into that kind of performing career or whatever yeah. it was that when I was eighteen seemed like the obvious or perhaps the only end point of this kind of trajectory so one other way that these real world assessments are useful is that it might show people actually that's not really what I want to do but I know yeah. now yeah. that I can see other ways to apply those skills so we'll, we'll obviously help with that as well not just we're not just trying to churn out 
pop stars. Yeah. <laughs> and, and are you able to join up assessments across the programmes or, I suppose, work across the programmes? So like, I think you mentioned before about producers working with songwriters and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, so all those students will be on the same module. Okay. But the, 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 the way they're assessed individually um, will be negotiated and agreed with their the module lead or their supervisor in advance mm-hmm. as appropriate to their programme title, yeah. but also not limited to that. You can't just be a producer if you're on the music production degree. If you want to also sing or play the euphonium or whatever it might yeah. be, these, that flexibility is there. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, again, for me, as I said at the beginning, my career in the industry was not built around just doing one thing. Mm-hmm. It was having this core set of skills that would then be applied in a whole load of different ways in a portfolio career kind of yeah. sense. And as much as anything, it's about having the confidence to realise that an opportunity exists and although it's not something specifically you've done before, you've got enough of the the right skills to, to put yourself forward for it and then it, it has typically worked out for me. Um, so I'm just going to sort of go back to the actual question yeah. a little bit here. So if, for example, there's a module in the first year called uh, Creating Recorded Music. So it goes back to that idea that if you were the classical cellist who um, had no real interest perhaps in learning how to operate the mixing desk or any of the studio technology, it's still important to be comfortable yeah. in that environment yeah. mm-hmm. and you need to know how to mm-hmm. talk to the person who's on the other side of that glass um, in order to achieve the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. The producer may have no interest in or perhaps even no real knowledge of the mechanics of playing the cello, but they need to know through there how to talk to that cellist. and So... On one module, submitting one piece of assessment for each of those students, they're still working across those kind of barriers. So it's obviously applied well within your subject and you were saying you work quite closely with screen and other areas. Do you see this being applicable, this approach you've taken in other areas across the university? We're always open to that. I mean, I think the structure of degrees doesn't always make it as easy to do these things as 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 we'd like yeah. to be the case. And I think often you have to almost start off with extracurricular projects, don't you? Mm. Or, or perhaps collaborative research between colleagues across different departments, which might then trickle down into some kind of actual teaching context. Even within the School of the Arts, each year we, we talk um, about our willingness and desire to do this kind of cross-disciplinary mm. working. Um, and the enthusiasm is always massive. Yeah. The practicalities of doing it, it's often just to do with timelines, you know. Mm. At what point do the screen students on a particular module need to have decided what kind of film they're making before the music students yes, could then course. start composing and yeah. then if mm. the deadline's arriving. So these things aren't insurmountable at all, mm. but it does require just a little bit of extra um, planning and effort, yeah. I think. And sometimes in the day-to-day running of things that is what seems slightly out of reach but we're, we're getting there it's starting to happen more so I think there is potential for it to, to go further afield but it's interesting what you were saying Mike the idea of um, almost those social connections between yeah. colleagues around the university and dis- because how else do you discover that there might be some potential for yeah. something collaborative mm-hmm. and, and uh, although there is a sort of good collegiate spirit generally there's not there isn't really a forum is there for that kind of wider cross-disciplinary discussion or time or headspace really I don't think sometimes 
And I think the um, move to a lot of online meetings and things hasn't helped with that because those kind of serendipitous conversations that you might have with a colleague at the end of a meeting yeah. or on the way to the meeting have kind yeah. of been lost to a certain extent. It becomes very functional, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah, get through the agenda and mm. before someone's Wi-Fi crashes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you seen as, as the biggest impact on, on the students? Uh, I'm interested to know, do, do you think it's developed their confidence, their resilience? I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but at this type of approach. I think it's given them hopefully a little more pride in what they do. I mean, I know they're all they're here to study and they see the assessed work for modules as important, but that sense that it might then have a life beyond the deadline and the feedback and actually have some real world application does reframe the way they sort of think about it. Mm -hmm. um, so we've noticed a kind of broad leveling up perhaps in that sense of pride and presentation. Uh, not just the sort of core musical thing, but the, the, the stuff surrounding it. Mm. Um, and then just that sense of, of, of timescales as well. There's one module which I developed again with the idea of that session musician type role, particularly in mind, where instead of having the big assessment at the end, the performance at the end of the, the trimester, they were required every two weeks to come and do an equally weighted assessment. So it was spread throughout the trimester across five assessments all of which were slightly different in their emphasis. It wasn't just five right. repetitions of the same thing. Slightly different aspects of that career being explored and tested, all drawn from stuff that I'd in encountered in my career. Okay. And that idea that they would need to not just be doing formative stuff that gradually led into summative stuff, but that it was summative every two weeks after, yeah, yeah. literally from about the third week on. Uh, and that's much more realistic, isn't it, in terms yeah. of, of the kinds of things they'll encounter. I mean, in that kind of career, it might actually be every day a different session, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but, but you, you've got to get there in steps, I guess. The other good thing from, for me about that, and I think for the students, was that that meant they needed the feedback from each assessment really quickly because there's no point in then doing another one in two weeks if you don't know what was good or bad um, from the previous one. So I started doing just spoken feedback, not even recorded, but I would get them in. Okay. It was quite labour-intensive, quite time-intensive time anyway. They'd come in one by one into the control room there and we'd listen to what uh, they'd done and I could literally point out things that were great about it, things that maybe they needed to consider a bit more... And it just felt like a very direct, responsive kind of feedback loop both mm. ways. There was no ambiguity about what that paragraph of text on the form had meant because we'd literally discussed it in relation to what they were hearing. And that feedback feels more authentic as well to what they all yeah. experience in yeah. the studio. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, They need to be able to take that direct criticism and feedback from the producer or the engineer or the record company or whoever it might be. Mm. It felt occasionally a little bit brutal and it had to be sort of handled <laughs> sensitively sometimes. Mm. But it worked. I think it really worked. Yeah. Um, and it allowed them to, to really... And it, as much as anything, it allowed me to be sure that the feedback had hit home, you know, okay. because there was no... You were just uploading this thing and thinking, well, they might just look at the mark or they might read the comments. It was... Yeah. Feedback there was no is, escape. <laughs> feedback is dialogue rather than just information yeah. that might not yeah. then be acted on. Or, yeah. And in an ideal world, I'd love to do that with all the music modules, but I, think, I don't know how practical <laughs> or feasible that is. But it's, it's where it's relevant in that kind of case, mm. I think it's, it's worth us trying to do more of. Mm. The flip side of that, I have been external examiner at places where when they've done live performance assessments, they've then immediately, once the students have come off stage... They've given them the feedback while they're still kind of got wow. the adrenaline coursing, wow. and that just seems a little bit too mm. soon. I think you need to just yeah, you may not be able let to a little bit of time to just, yeah. Yeah, yes. let these yeah. things sink in. I could see why they did it in those institutions, but it was um, mm. 
slightly unfair, I think, on the students. <laughs> you come off the stage on high and you're like, that was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw that happen and it was, um, yeah, it was harsh. But... Maybe an opportunity to get them to reflect on the performance. Exactly. Maybe exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, as you said before, um, some of the students are now towards the end of the programme. So how are you going to kind of capture or evaluate or listen to their views on how it's all worked and how they can take mm. it forward? Well, I think we're always keen to stay in contact with our, our graduates and to see how, you know, even before the transformation of the degrees, to see how their careers are developing. And we often, the, the kind of speakers that we like to get to come back during Enhancement Week, for example, mm. it's great to get some of those high-level industry figures in, but it's also really great to get graduates in who have gone on sometimes to the careers that they thought they were going into and sometimes into sort of different avenues as they've mm. wrong. It's much easier for our current students to imagine the next step for themselves if they're hearing from people who've taken those steps rather yeah. than just people who've come in from yeah. from on high kind of thing. Mm. So we've already got that that good network of, of people that we're each individually or collectively in touch with as, as a kind of course team. I think we're keen not to formalise that necessarily, but just to really ensure that as people graduate from these newly transformed programmes, that we see how the changes we know we've made, the change, the reasons we've made those changes, that we see how those actually do work out for these people in terms of their careers. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, who, the actual things that we've marked as as pieces of summative assessment. You know, how many plays are they racking up on Spotify? How many yeah. people are buying the T-shirts? All those those yeah. kinds of things, you know. Yeah. And then we will, we will maintain that dialogue with those people and uh, just find out and I mean I guess that will inform ongoing tweaks I think the transforming programs process was really useful but I don't think that's just then done and dusted is it it's uh, about using those that kind of annual modification process to just refine the way it works we deliberately set the modules and the programs up in ways that allow us a certain amount of maneuver in terms of the way we deliver things Mm -hmm. and, and what we expect of the students but I mean, in a way, that's that's the stuff that needs that annual review most most regularly, isn't it? I think annual review makes it sound as though it should be capitalised and very well, but it's about just being aware of. Mm. You can have the conversation at that point, kind of yeah. having the conversation good, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and great that they've got those kind of really tangible, visible outputs that yeah. that you know beyond a survey response, but you can see, like you yeah. say, the reach and their impact, and yeah, it must be really exciting and. Hoping for that Christmas number one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. One percent of the royalty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, there's nothing specified about, um, you know, royalty splits in the uh, module paperwork. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Brilliant. You mentioned before about how you scale it to large cohorts. Have you done anything around kind of group work or peer kind of review in, in terms of the feedback elements? I mean, not formally, no. I think in any of those creative modules... We teach the students in small clusters according to their sort of preferred specialism and they'll be led by whichever of the music lecturers has the most relevant expertise. And so within those clusters, typically from one week to the next, students will be bringing their work in progress. So they're not just playing it to the lecturer, they're playing it to the rest of the cluster. And I think we all try to encourage that to be a a sort of a a conversation as the group. So it's not as formal as a a peer review, again, not capitalised kind of thing, but I think people need to develop that confidence to play their creative work to other people, mm. particularly to other people who perhaps are in the same boat and so have perhaps a sympathetic ear. Yeah. 
and that can work that has worked really well this year for me with a sorry previous last year with a, a second year creative module instead of teaching it in a, a sort of lecture space or a seminar room we we were in the recording studio but not with a view to doing loads of recording but just because that was the environment that, that they're doing that creative work yeah. and so rather than keeping the teaching and the practice as two separate things it was all taking place in the same space and we would listen each week to what they'd done and I'd play them some of my own creative projects yeah. some of the things that were in the past and have you know that their success has been proven perhaps but also things that I'm working on now and just to, to get and I will say to them if this was your track what would you be doing to make it better mm. partly because mm. so I've run out of ideas myself no that's not <laughs> yeah. but, but just you know so that it's not just them showing their stuff to me and there's a sort of weird yeah. hierarchy of power but actually we're mm. all essentially doing the same thing maybe at different stages of our careers but um, mm. it's, it's an interesting process but that, that conversation takes place so peer review in that sense yeah. does happen I think with any creative work there's going to be a group work element even if you think you're a sort of I don't know it's very anachronistic reference Mike Oldfield character where you're, okay, yeah, yeah. you know the, the creative genius doing all the stuff playing all the instruments writing the music there's still someone there to record it there's still yeah. a record company person Richard Branson who's setting things up to release it so getting used to interacting with those other experts mm. and, and different skill sets in the industry yeah. important yeah great thank you so much for coming to speak to us today i really enjoyed hearing Pleasure. about everything yeah. that you've been doing and um looking forward to seeing some of the outputs as well and yeah. anything that we've got that we can share in the link then we yeah. will do okay thank you yeah thanks mm.